You're listening to Dental Talk from VivaLearning.com. Thanks for joining us for this Viva podcast. Today we'll be discussing the causes of post-operative sensitivity related to bonding procedures. Our guest is Dr. Rolando Nunez, currently the manager of clinical affairs for Visco, with a dental degree from Central University of Venezuela and a master's degree in biomaterials from the University of Alabama at Birmingham. Dr. Nunez, it's a pleasure to have you back on the show. Well, thank you so much for inviting me again, Dr. Klein. So let's begin. What happens during the bonding procedure that could cause post-operative sensitivity? The way I see it, the way I see it, and, and this is not only from, from uh, you know, working in the lab um, and gathering information from, um, from the lab, but also from clinical experience. I did practice dentistry for a long time, um, 20 years, and also um, I've had the pleasure to lecture all over the world, and I ask these questions. So th- th- these are answers that I'm getting from our colleagues, you know, even though it's anecdotal, it's what's happening in their practice. Post-op sensitivity that is related to bonding is also, it's related to the bonding technique. And when I say this, you have to think about dentin and you have to think about smear layer. Now, there are two ways of bonding to dentin. You can use a total edge technique, which will remove the smear layer, or you can do a self edge technique on dentin, which will alter and include the smear layer into the bonding uh, into the bonding layer. Okay, so you have those two approaches. Is one better than the other? When it comes to bond strength, not really. You can achieve good bond strength using either technique, especially with new adhesives. Okay. However, when you do total etch, okay, the main reason to etch the dentin with phosphoric acid is to remove the smear layer. But as a consequence, now you're going to open up dentinal tubules and expose collagen, all right? This is what phosphoric acid does. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's being taught. It's being practiced by a lot of people. There is enough literature out there to support the use of total edge technique, and that's okay. But when you look at the literature that talks about um, post-op sensitivity, there is, um, there is one article. That it's, all, it's what I like to call a classic article, something that everybody has to read. It, is, it was written by Professor Martin Brandstrom from Sweden um, in the late 80s, and it, it is called the Hydrodynamic Theory of Dentin Sensitivity. And it says that inside the dentinal tubule, there is a, uh, an odontoblastic prolongation, a fiber. And whenever there is a change in pressure, temperature, or a change in pH, there's, uh, that stimulus, that change is going to basically have an effect on that fiber, and the fiber is going to transmit that, that, that stimulus all the way to the odontoblast, and the odontoblast is going to react, and the reaction is pain. So we have to make sure that if we decide to remove the smear layer, we need to make sure we properly seal all the dentinal tubules. We have to do that properly. Otherwise, we can... Um, we can encounter post-op sensitivity. Let's talk about the dentin as far as over-drying it. Um, how, does, how is that related to post-operative sensitivity when we're talking about okay. doing bonding? Okay, so if, if, if we're talking about after you etch, after you remove the smear layer and, opening, and you open up the dentinal tubules, you're also going to expose collagen. Remember, etching... It's basically demineralized. You're removing all your 
you know, inorganic component, your hydroxyapatite, all your calcium, and you're leaving behind collagen, which is your organic component on dentin. Collagen without that, um, you know, matrix, that calcified matrix is very frail, right? It's very frail. So if you, you have to keep it moist. So when you apply a, a blast of air, you're going to remove the moisture and you're going to collapse the collagen. Now, when collagen is moist, it behaves kind of like a sponge. So whenever you add your adhesive, this network, collagen network, will allow for the adhesive to penetrate through the collagen and inside the dentinal tubules. But when you collapse the collagen with air, this is going to hinder the ability of the adhesive to penetrate into the dentinal tubules. So now you're increasing your chances of not sealing the tubules. So now there is a higher probability for post-op sensitivity to occur. So that is related to the bonding technique because it has to do with how you treat etched dentin. And how do you determine what level of moisture you need on the dentin surface prior to placing your bonding agent? You know, Dr. Klein, if I had the answer to that, I wouldn't <laughs> be doing podcasts. <laughs> I will be doing, I'll be, I'll be collecting. Well, there is no way to determine that because it's very product related. It's also very subjective. It's like beauty, you know? Every time I've heard lecturers say, and I've heard many, when they try to explain this, it's a very abstract concept. They talk about moist dentin. Um, they talk about over drying. I don't think, I don't even know what that means. I think you have dry and you have not dry. There is no way to over dry. I mean, I don't know. I, I think some terminology that is being used is not used properly. I think that you need to have a, a, a level of moisture that will allow for your adhesive to penetrate properly into the dentin and the collapse and, uh, and the collagen that has been exposed, okay? Your adhesives usually have some kind of solvent, whether it's ethanol or whether it's um, acetone. Those are great water chasers, you know, they like water. They need water to actually um, uh, perform better. And what I know from people and from you know, personal use also is that I like to use HiVac. HiVac will remove the excess water, but it will not dry the dentin. It will always leave a certain level of moisture that in my mind is the proper moisture. Let, 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 me, let, let me define it like that, the proper moisture, okay? It is a dentin that looks shiny. You don't have pooled water. You have just a shiny dentin and that's, and I achieved that by using HiVac. You talked about dentin. Let's talk about enamel for a second. Bonding to enamel. Is, that, is there any way uh, different techniques in bonding to enamel can affect post-operative sensitivity? I'm not, I'm not going to say that there isn't. I just think that it's very, un, very unlikely that, that you know, your bond to enamel technique will have an effect on sensitivity. It can have an effect on sealing and it can have an effect on bond strength, but not on sensitivity. Sensitivity is related to collagen fibers, odontoblasts, 
you know, dental tubules. So, Not, so enamel has. Right, but we can yeah. say indirectly, uh, a procedure that's bonding to enamel indirectly could cause post-opera sensitivity, but that's as a result of microleakage down the road. Your curing technique, your polymerization technique um, can cause cusp deflection and that can have an impact on post-op sensitivity that is not necessarily related to bonding, but it is kind of related to bonding because the cusps will flex towards the center of the preparation and that can cause a lot of discomfort. Um, and that's something that happens due to, to the polymerization, the shrinkage of the composite in, uh, on the enamel region. The shrinkage of the composite on dentin, it, 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 it can be, you know, dentin is more flexible. It has a lower modulus of elasticity and it can flex a little bit, but enamel is, it, it has a high modulus of elasticity and it's brittle. So it's not going to flex properly. So cusp deflection can definitely cause post-op sensitivity and that is related to the shrinkage of the composite but that can, and then again, we can consider that the whole bonding procedure, you know, but it has nothing to do with the application of your bonding agent and how you have to treat the enamel. It has to, it is related to the way you polymerize that last enamel layer of composite. Give us the rundown on uh, the differences between bonding to dentin and bonding to enamel. Okay, um, bonding to dent. okay, bonding to enamel is predictable. Um, you etch it with phosphoric acid, you have to etch it anywhere between 15 to 20 seconds, even though there's data out there that it's, you know, a lot of people are doing a lot of research with these new adhesives and, you know, it's being documented that you don't need to etch for 15 seconds, you can etch for less amount of time. Nevertheless, we're still in the protocol of etching enamel 15 to 20 seconds with phosphoric acid, whether it's 35, 32, or 37%. It really doesn't make any difference. Bonding to dentin, you can do it two ways. You can etch it with phosphoric acid, and then you gotta keep that dentin moist, and you gotta make sure you don't blast air. You wanna, you wanna make sure you keep your collagen fibers properly um, hydrated, okay? And then you apply your adhesive, or you can do self-etch, which is you're going to etch it, but with a, an acidic organophosphate, which is basically your bonding agent, the, 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 the adhesion promoting monomer is an organophosphate, it's low pH, it's acidic, and it will mildly etch the dentin without removing the, the, the smear layer, and you can achieve bond to that surface too. Enamel, you have to etch with phosphoric acid. Dentin, right. you can etch it with phosphoric acid, or you can use a self-etching adhesive. Right, and earlier in the podcast, you mentioned something about bond strength, that you could achieve similar bond strength between self-etch techniques and total etches. Is that actually what's going on with the research? You can achieve the same results with a self-etch system as a total etch? It, it depends on who you read, but um, right now um, in our lab, we can achieve similar bond strength in both total etch and self-etch techniques. Um, depending on the day of the week, you can get a better bond strength on total etch Sometimes you get better bond strength on self-edge, but I want to say that they are not statistically different, at least what we get in our lab. Some people may disagree because they get different results. Everybody gets results, but I feel comfortable and confident when I tell a colleague, regardless of the product that he's using, 
um, that with these new universal bonding agents, they're going to achieve similar bond strength, whether it's total edge mode or self edge mode, to Denton. To Denton. Let's make that clear. This is to Denton. So to wrap up this podcast, and I know we have several others coming up, what part does the primer play in post-operative sensitivity? The adhesive, you mean? Yes. A good amount of problems that we encounter clinically could be solved by just reading the instructions. If you read the instructions, because I write instructions for use every time we develop product, I help in that part. And I think that if people did exactly what the instructions say, it is very unlikely that they will encounter big problems. They can encounter little problems here and there, you know, but not something like post-op sensitivity. I think that people tend to, you know, introduce their own take on, on, on how to use primers. Follow the instructions. If you follow the instructions, you should not encounter anything. You should be just fine. Now, Will one product be more prone to get to cause sensitivity? I don't think so. But I do believe that, for example, acetone-based adhesives require more moisture than ethanol-based adhesives. If somebody asked me, would you use a water-based, you know, as a solvent, a water-based adhesive, I would probably tell them to stay away from it. But they are out there in the market. Again, I don't think the primer has any effect. I think it is the bonding technique that actually causes the issue. So if our audience wants to get more information on Bisco products, they can go to Bisco.com. Is, is that the right website to go to? Absolutely. They can go to Bisco.com and, you know, they can browse through the, the, all the, the different products that we have there. Um, there are a lot of frequently asked questions, um, landing pages, uh, there are videos, there is literature, we got webinars. We have a vast array of different instruments and tools for people to use and learn more, not only about our products, but about bonding and, you know, bonding protocols in general. Yes, absolutely. Thank you very much, Dr. Nunez. We appreciate your input and uh, we'll see you on a future podcast very shortly. All right. Thank you, Dr. Klein. Thank you for the invitation.